Good evening, Patriots, and it is Saturday, June 11th of the year 2022. For those of you on the East Coast, welcome to Sunday. We'll catch up with you here in a bit. Patriots, I want to tell you right up front, I keep forgetting to mention it. If you go to the bardsfm.com website, our store is now starting to populate. It's going to be a slow process because all the products we have are either made, are all made in America, and they're all in one capacity or another, we have beat ads involved in them, Bars Nation people involved in them. So right now for the first product up, it's we have the Bards FM Black Flag, and that's up for sale right now, and you can go over and get those. We have a limited quantity. Um, we ordered 200 of those to start, and when those get when those run out, we'll order more. But anyway, you can get those. Those are pretty awesome, and I'm pretty happy that people have been buying them and it's great. We're going to populate the nation and plant our flag everywhere, literally. All right. Also, don't forget if you're getting a good night's sleep, it's essential right now. This war is very tiring. It's wearing people out constantly. And so mypillow.com forward slash bards has the products you need. And in addition to sleep products, they have an amazing special going on right now on my slippers. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I want to give each and every one of you one last chance to get my original My Slippers. Go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code, and you'll get your very own My Slippers for only $49.98. That's $90 off and the biggest savings ever. What makes My Slippers different is my exclusive four layer design that you won't find in any other slippers. My slippers patented layers make them ultra comfortable, extremely durable, and they help reduce stress on your feet. Not only that, they come with an indoor-outdoor sole so you can wear them anytime, anywhere. I guarantee they'll be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. And now you can get them for the best savings ever, only $49.98. Go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now to get your very own My Slippers for only $49.98. That's $90 off. We have extremely low quantities, and once they're gone, they're gone. So order now. And that's MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Your promo code is Bards, B-A-R-D-S. And if you want to speak to a real person, dial 800-975-2939, 800-975-2939. Use your promo code BARDS, and a Patriot Pillow Counselor will get you hooked up. And Patriots, at the end tonight, after we get through with all the show, we, our first music up tonight will be a new song by Evren. He sent that to me tonight. It's pretty cool, so I'm liking it. All right, so what do we got going on around the world besides the absolute insane, which is normal? I I'm telling you, this is, it's like we're living in two different worlds now. And the latest narrative coming from, and this comes firsthand. I'm, I'm not making this up. I hate to even tell you where it's coming from. It comes from extended family members of my own. I can't even believe this. Who decided that getting fully injected and boosted up was a good idea. I'm like, okay, happy for you since you won't listen to reason. Thank goodness my parents are not. We have a clean household here, but you can't help extended family. But this is literally the, the narrative. And the narrative is it goes like this. I, and because it just has happened. This is why I bring this up. You're seeing a spike in cases. And, of course, we know these cases are spiking 
because the immune systems are breaking down. The spike protein has rewritten itself into the DNA, and it's looking for a particular virus, which doesn't, it never existed anyway, but the body's now responding in a particular way, and normal common colds are making people very sick, which sick, what they're now calling long COVID, or there's new COVID strains or whatever. So the, this is literally the new narrative, and I want you to just think about what I'm going to tell you here. Here it comes. Oh, I got sick. It was really bad. It lasted like six days. But I'm so happy I finally got it because they tell me now I'll be, my, I'll be, it'll be easier when I get it the next time. These are people that are fully injected. <laughs> Don't ask me to explain this logic. I just literally sat there. I was listening to this going, oh, this is... Uh, this is complete brain deadness right here. I can't even, I can't even go there. So it gets better though, because then another family member says, thank goodness they don't live near. That's all I can say. The other family member says, well, yeah, that happened to me. And then, and the kids and the, and the grandbabies got it too. And they're all boosted and, and they're all shot and boosted. And it's good because now they will have it. It won't be as bad the next time. It's like, did we, did I just literally walk through the twilight zone or what? I mean, this is an unbelievable. I just don't even have the, the words for it because it, 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 what it is actually I do, but I'm just. What they have accepted is that COVID was a deadly plant pandemic that was killing people. And that the shot was their only way of salvation. And even though the shot is imperfect, it was worth all the risk to take it because they've already been told they will get COVID anyway. And they've accepted that. But thank goodness for the shot because the shot has kept us alive even though COVID is miserably bad and we could almost die from it. It was the shot that saved us. That's literally the narrative that they have in their head now. And I'm like, okay, I need to, I, I'm serious when I say this. I don't know if you understand the meaning of the black flag, but I'm going to read it here because I put it up on the site. On the, but it, this has literally raised the black flag time. So just a background on, on the Bard's black flag. The history of the black flag takes us back to the early 1700s pirate vessels who would often sail displaying false flags so as not to draw attention or alert potential targets or enemies. Pirates would then have the advantage of being able to decide when to engage, controlling the fight, and maximizing victory. Typically, they would keep the false flag raised as they moved their vessel into an advantageous position at which point they would lower the false flag and raise the black flag. Raise the black means get ready to fight. It means it's go time. And, of course, then we have that great quote by Donald J. Trump, move slowly and carefully and then strike like the fastest animal on the planet. I'm telling you, <laughs> get ready, Patriots, because this is getting nuttier all the time. But don't worry, if you're in Canada, you're not supposed to have personal property anymore. Private property is supposed to be not even authorized, according to Justice Minister David Lametti. Well, look, we'll, uh, we'll obviously uh, tailor uh, the provisions so that, uh, so that um, uh, it could withstand a, a court challenge. You don't have uh, an absolute right to own private property uh, in Canada. Um, it is, uh, there are uh, 
there are steps that are taken when expropriations happen at, at whatever level of government. Yeah, that means, in other words, cease. And if you think that's crazy and it would never happen down here, take a listen. to. Let me read this to you. This is crazier. So the Supreme Court this last week passed a measure which went kind of unreported, and it had to do with Border Patrol's access. And essentially what it said in a 6-3 decision, they just upended the Fourth Amendment. If you don't know what the Fourth Amendment is, let me read it to you. Because the Fourth Amendment is kind of important to know. Oh, did I delete it? Here it is. Sorry, it is. The right of people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation, in particular describing the place to be searched and the person's things to be seized. to be seized. So this is rather important considering that this all has to do with search and seizure and what they've authorized the Border Patrol to do is to be able to, and, and, and I was looking for this, they also upended the Third Amendment at the same time because this is no soldier shall in time of peace be quartered in any house without the consent of the owner nor in the time of war but in a manner to be prescribed by war. So the effect of this Supreme Court ruling has essentially given Border Patrol full access to your home if you're within 100 miles of the border, that includes any border of the United States. They can visit your property. They can, have, they can enter your property. They can occupy themselves. They can sit their butt down in the middle of the kitchen. This is what we have. I, and I'm just going to say this. If you're a Border Patrol agent and you find that to be of interest to come to my house, don't. Don't even try that crap. Just telling you right now. I don't care who you, you can bring in a whole army too if you want. Bring in a bunch of breachers, please. I'll greet you. So in all seriousness, this is, um, we're at a point right now where the state is now increasing its reach into our lives and they're seeing this all over and they're doing it legislatively at the edges. They always do this. This is how tyrannies work. And this constantly squeezing inward to try to pressure people to comply to their tyranny. Now, Ryan Kelly is a guy running for Congress in Michigan. If you didn't hear about this, this is kind of interesting. I'll let him tell you. If you haven't heard yet, I was arrested by the FBI. Ryan Kelly, gubernatorial frontrunner in the state of Michigan, 12 hours after Joe Biden said on Jimmy Kimmel he will arrest his political opponents. Here we are. Thank you all so much for the tremendous support all across the entire nation. I want to be very clear, the campaign is moving full speed ahead. We have so much support now, like 10,000 times more than we did before. And we fully intend on winning the August primary and then making Gretchen Whitmer a one-term governor this November. Vote Ryan Kelly, Michigan's next governor. Let's do this. 
Yeah, so this is good. I mean, as far as people support, it's backfired, but the FBI did seize him, and they arrested him on misdemeanor charges related to January 6th. This is just political harassment and fascist tactics is all that is. And came back to Canada again. They've increased border security or authorizations, again, search and seizure stuff at the borders to take a listen to this. If you think Canadian airports are bad now, they're about to get a lot worse once Bill S-7 passes. What's Bill S-7? It's a liberal bill that will give Canadian border agents, as well as U.S. pre-clearance agents, the right to search through your phone, your laptop, or any other personal digital device based on nothing more than reasonable general concern. So basically, if you give off bad vibes, a customs agent is going to be able to look through your text messages, emails, photos, videos, and more, which is a huge invasion of privacy. Giving law enforcement agencies broad powers to search people on little more than a whim has never turned out well and of course it always impacts visible minorities most. The Canadian Civil Liberties Association also opposes Bill S7 and says it's more of a sniff test than a standard. These aren't sniff tests. These are probes. I mean, they're not in a sniff test. They're in place so they can continue to probe deeper and erode the foundations of liberty and and that's just what they're doing. And this is happening everywhere. And it's happening in little pieces and they're doing it all at once. And Trudeau is also pushing forward for drug legalization. And that drug legalization is supposed to be rolled out initially in BC. And they're doing so in concert with a full spectrum program, as he describes it, because they want to make sure that as they legalize all these drugs, they don't want to get ahead of the medical offerings to help all the addicts. Well, if you take a look at what's happened in Oregon, Trudeau, you might discover that it's a complete poop show up here. We've legalized just about everything in this stupid state thanks to a bunch of idiots in Portland and Salem and a bunch of stoners in the south of the state. Our whole idea of making, it started with marijuana. And I don't know if you know this, I always like to bring this up because I've always been very anti-legalization of marijuana. And I've had so much rash given to me from the conservatives because the conservatives, I think, it's either or they're fake conservatives. I don't know which. And it's like, oh, you can't do that, man. It's like, it's like, it's the thing that Jesus smoked and our founding fathers smoked it, man. And dude, I'm telling you, like, it's, it's, we've got all these receptors in our brain to accept it. It makes us healthy. It's the perfect drug. I'm like, all right, whatever. How about this? And very few few people know this. Did you know that hemp is legal in all 50 states? Hemp is legal to grow as a commercial crop in all 50 states. Now, why do I say that? Because if you really study what our founding fathers were involved in, it was hemp. It wasn't marijuana. But now that we've legalized marijuana in, in our state, which is wonderful, in our southern part of my own county, we've got the Russian mafia and we've got the drug cartels that have been funded by Silicon Valley setting up camp. And up in... Up in Portland, since it's now the heroin capital of the world, almost, or it's at least in the nation, it's also the child sex trafficking hub for all of I-5, which the I-5 corridor is the, which is the north-south freeway, is the most trafficked child sex traffic region in the entire country. And so since we've got, we, we had marijuana, but that wasn't enough. We had to go a bit farther. So now we've legalized in this state, it's thanks to the same mafia, all the drugs that go along with LSD. And mushrooms. Well, newsflash. 
Overdoses are up 700%. Nobody, and this is the best part of it, I just, this is where Canada's going here at a high speed. But thanks to their hand puppet, Trudeau, not only do, do we not have the money here in our state for the medical recovery programs, but this is the best part, the part that makes me laugh. The drug addicts don't want it. They don't want to get clean. They're happy getting high. So, like, give me some more fentanyl, man. That's what I want. So I want some more fentanyl. That's that's it. So there's a certain suicidal approach to this, and I'm going to be clear about this. I don't mean to be as callous as it sounds, but maybe I do. If you've offered help and people don't want it and they just want to burn themselves to the ground, just don't come robbing to my house. You want to sit on the street and shoot up and do what you're going to do? Whatever. We're not here to babysit you. As a, as a as a world, we're going to have to start stepping back and realizing people are making legitimate decisions. There's always victims which are unfortunate, and we'll pray for them and hopefully bring them in. But at the same time, there's some major stupid going on in the world by choice, and that's where that's going. I had a call today with Dr. Lee Merritt, who I'm going to get on the show in the next week or so. And I'm going to read you what I was working on. Let me bring this up just a second because it's a very interesting, it's something I've been tracking. I'll just paraphrase it. So here's the deal. I've been, one of the things that I did when I was in Afghanistan and what I, is what I would call cultural intelligence. I've mentioned it before and it's, it's a combination of looking at the sentiment. It's looking at the, the, uh, the leading narratives, looking at, kind of state propaganda or insurgent propaganda, looking at what people are talking about. And it's how you source all that information in the Western world is very different than how you source that information in a third world nation. But nonetheless, it, those are a few of the samples. It makes starts to build a model that gives us an idea of the direction and the motives of what they're trying to accomplish. And it's important when you're working in an insurgency to understand that because you can start to, especially at a village level, you can start to really capture what the Taliban, is, their message is, as an example, what they were trying to influence people to do and how they were shaping that message. Most of the time it was around jihad and Allah. And then there were ways to dis, dis, deconstruct that and create counter-information war for it. That very simply put. So one of the things that I, and we've all been seeing it, but I've really been paying attention to it, is the rise of the boldness of the trans community. And I mean, there is literally like crazyville going on out here right now with comments. There was one last night that came from a leading trans account, had 600,000 followers saying they are not going to settle until every child is transed. And there's this boldness. If you haven't noticed, D.C., they, they've got the, uh, the lunatics are out of the, the asylum walking around in leather and wiggling their butt or whatever. That's gay pride, I think, today. So proud of you. Thanks for representing America in our capital city. Ugh. Only thing we missed was a lightning bolt. But anyway, so that was today because, as I've said before, if you're in the LGBT community, you can't be a person unless you are identified by your sex and not only are you have to be identified by your sex, but you have to be acknowledged by your sex. That's their whole thing because they're such an insecure mass of people. Their entire identity is 
defined about what's going on in their loins. So the thing I brought up to, to I brought up to Dr. Merritt was this, and it's still a hypothesis, but I just wanted to kind of give you an update because this is a direction of research that I'm looking at and she's looking at now. And it's the probability or possibility would be a better term that these vaxes are creating a state of gender confusion, especially in the youth, so that they can increase the trans numbers. And when you take the effects of nanotech that's in these things, she has agreed that the possibility is not just a possibility, it's likely that that's exactly what they're doing. And that t ties in with some of the, some of the research that she's been doing. So I just want you to think about that. Is you take the vax, you become a trans, or at least you become gender confused. And if you're a child, I just think about why they're pushing so much so hard on this child agenda. Because this child agenda is all about, well, we've seen it. The, the education system's backing it up, and now you've got an injection, which is likely causing the disruption in the entire physiology of the child and potentially the neurology of the child to get them to be gender confused. This is sickness beyond anything. This is the ultimate, ultimate finger in, in the middle finger up to God. And I really just hope God just crushes it because it's stupid. All right. And just in another piece here, I wanted to play for you. This is pretty amazing. This is about a two minute piece. I want you to listen to this. This is an inversion piece. This is coming out of our own State Department and a conversation between two women, a woman congressman or senator and the State Department. And I want you to listen to the idea of truth because, in fact, what she should be saying is propaganda. But consider who's the enemy of the world after you hear this one. To what extent are we working with our allies on the responding to the disinformation that is out there that Russia is putting out. Uh, absolutely, Senator. I think you know the State Department's Global Engagement Center, which you all helped us stand up and supported, uh, works 24-7 to, with other allies and partners, not just in Europe, but around the world, to um, bring to light Russian disinformation campaigns and, and who is pushing them. We also work with the tech companies to try to take down false stories, and uh, we are working very assiduously on, on all of that now. We're also working to try to get truth into Russia in the context of a complete freeze on, um, on independent news going, going there, and uh, uh, that, is, that is an issue that is of paramount concern to all of us. So how are we replacing the information that might have been shared through uh, social media that is no longer operating in Russia. Are we looking specifically in that area? So what I would say to you, um, without getting into it in too much detail, there are a large number of Russian uh, independent journalists who are now active outside the country who make use of the internet and telegram and other channels uh, to get uh, truth into Russia. There are huge numbers of influencers and vloggers and videographers who are themselves working to push the truth into Russia. And I think that is partly why uh, the Kremlin came down so hard on independent media. We ourselves were doing 
uh, interviews at all levels uh, with what was left of Russian independent media and any Russian state media that would that would have us. But we are continuing to work uh, with uh, lots of the journalists that we already had been working with, as have our allies and partners, and and trying to find as many creative ways as we can to get truth into into Russia. And in other words, the CIA's massive army of independent quote unquote journalists, which are nothing more than trained agents to run propaganda have been deployed against Russia in the name of, quote, truth. <laughs> truth social. No, not really. Well, maybe. Who knows? But this is what we're doing, dealing with here. And we're using the inversion again because all you're hearing is that the truths that Russia is putting out regarding bioweapons labs and U.S. personnel that they've captured and Brits that they've captured and all these other great things, the discussions about U.S. debt, U.S. money. All of the Russia, Russia, Russia narrative that we've produced is a complete lie. We know that. And this is going to be another big red pill for people to take or the suppository, whatever version you choose or choose to share. And that is that we are at a place right now in we can't really spare any more time being soft about the awakening. People need to start being shaken awake to the fact that we are the center of evil. We have great people in this country, but our government is the center of evil. We are the new modern Germany of the day. And our government represents the new modern Nazis of the day. This is the same level of propaganda that the Third Reich was doing. We're just now in the Fourth Reich. And they just have more tools to do it. And instead of just having concentration camps and doing whatever they did in their medical experiments there, they've just done it on a broad spectrum and convinced people to do, full, do it willingly, and they haven't needed to put up the fencing. People did it to themselves. I'm going to wear a mask. I'm going to go inside. I'm going to live inside, close my doors. And when I do that, oh, it's going to be great. I'll be safe. And then I'll get more vaccines and I'll be safe. Mangala would be having a riot. He'd be rolling on the floor laughing, I swear. He'd be like, I can't believe how easy it was to conquer America. And that's where we are. Because we have no faith. We have lost our way, sadly. And we need to get back to that. Psalm 46.10. He says, be still and know that I am God. And I will exalt it I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. Be still. And I think this is important here because we have such a noise around us in the outside world. I don't know how many people do this, but I'm going to share it. There's a time just to sit quietly. Think of nothing. It's in, in Eastern cultures, it's known as empty mind. Just let God and Jesus speak and let the world go away. Turn it off for a while. Turn off your thoughts. Turn off everything. Just sit quiet. You know, I mentioned this to some people sometime about two years ago. It was a group of Christians. And they literally, I thought they were going to have a meltdown in front of me. Like, oh, you can't have a quiet mind. That's Satan's work. And I'm like, what in the heck are you talking about? And it says it right here. Be still. 
and know that I am God. How are you going to know that if someone's, if God is God, if all we're going to constantly be doing is running these racing of thoughts and fears and nonsense through our head and constantly creating noise in our head? This world is intentionally noisy at more levels than we even hear because it's frequencies as well. But we have to, we have to take time to be quiet and sit still and let the power of God work through us. Because if we don't, we're not going to be able to know what God's voice sounds like. And I think that's a problem we have across our churches is there's so much noise in the church. And I'm, I haven't gone to many churches where you, there's a, a, I'm not saying there aren't any, be clear about this, but I haven't been to many that don't just massively overwhelm people with just, it goes from the music beforehand to the prayers, to the sermon, da, 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 da. And it's like, where do we just have quiet, like let God speak a little bit? And unfortunately, the reason I say that is what we what is practiced in the church is carried forth into the home, into the lives. So for those of you that are working <clears throat> on uh, home churches, I would encourage you to incorporate a quiet space within there. A space to be able to let God speak and let let the voice of Jesus be present. It's important in all of this. And I think we see it too in another form and we've ta- you can take it this way in many different forms. Jesus is at the back of the boat on the day when one evening he on that day when evening came he said to them let's go to, over to the other side. This is Mark 4:35 to 41. Leaving the crowd they took him along with them in the boat just as he was and other boats were with him and there arose a fierce gale of wind and the waves were breaking over the boat so that so much that the boat was already filling up Jesus himself was in the stern asleep on the cushion and they woke him and said teacher teacher do you not care that we are perishing and he got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea hush be still And the wind died down and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, where, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? See, this is pretty profound because there's a noisiness in, you can hear it in the scripture. You can hear the noise of the storm, but you more, the bigger noise in this passage is them. It's this panic. It's this noise of panic. And Christ is sleeping like yeah whatever man it's cool i got a little chance to sleep there's a little storm it's pretty cool i feel good i love storms by the way if you've never been to the ocean in raging storms like oregon coast and the raging storms it is the most cathartic place you'll ever be and they are wild storms we get up here so there's a real relationship to the idea of storms and calm and peace because that's the natural order of things. And they're all panicked up and you can just, their minds are just going so crazy. They're already visualizing they're going to die. And it hasn't happened. But he just, he, he reminds them to be calm. And there is an importance in the mindset, especially when you're taking a look at this. And this is why I say so many times, there's so many clues to the fact that Christ is of a warrior class. 
he is truly of a warrior class and understands that the presence of a warrior is calm in mind, quiet in mind, humble, and even compassionate. But when lines are crossed, it is, there is a definitive red line in Christ's walk in all things. He's never tempted by the devil or the devil, devil tries to tempt him. He's never it accepts the admonishment or even the threats of the Pharisees. And even to the very end, he is still pursuant of that perfect walk with Father, no matter the pain that they put upon him. That warrior mindset is one that needs to be cultivated. It's not just, it doesn't just happen. And there's processes to that. When you go through drills like shooting drills, or as Ted Nugent talked about last night, archery, or as he discussed in playing his guitar, when we're doing these things that are completely consuming, it's a focused mindset and you're, it's a nurturing and a cultivating of a clarity of thought that everything else goes away. And Ted mentioned that last night, how when he's there, there's no Nancy Pelosi, there's no Adam Schiff, there's nothing. But instead, what we have is a very focused moment in time, which is when you're doing something like he was demonstrating, you're doing an action, then it's this unity with God and your creation and his gifts to you. But there's also just moments to just sit quiet and just to let God speak in his many forms. And that to me is essential component to a warrior mindset. You can't have a cluttered mind in the middle of, in, of missions. You have to stay focused. And there's a lot of what goes on these days because of the internet, because of the speed at which information comes, the rapidity at which things change or the speed at which things change. And this, and this constant scrolling and, and reading as fast as we can, it creates a very short-term thinking and framework of how we live. Reading a book like reading the Bible, physically reading the Bible, is a cathartic and an experiential exercise. You're seeing the words you're reading the words. As you open the Bible, every Bible has a smell, so you're taking that in, the aroma of the smell of the, of the pages. You smell that. You touch them. There's a unique feel to every page. And there's a sound to when you turn the page and holding the book. This is proven science. I'm not even, this is real science, not Fochi science. This is proven studies that people that read, physically read a book, create a much broader sense of calm within them because it's an experiential thing. When all you do is read from digits and that's all you're doing, and that's, all, it, it, that's what your information is on the page, on the screen anyway. It's just ones and zeros. It's like, really, it's just like the matrix, except we're not seeing behind it. We just see the translation of the binary code. That's what we're looking at on the screen. But all of that right there that we're seeing, that has no other experience than just your visual cortex. 
And on top of it, there's a flicker that's going on in the screens, which is disruptive to your memory. So it's important that we find these other ways to, to create a holistic experience in what we take in, which also calms down the mind. The mind's a very excitable thing, especially when it's dealing on sort of short-term memory-focused, cognitive front-load, short-term memory. Is, it's an adrenaline-type thing we're constantly circulating through, and it's very agitating. But when we sit quiet, it's one of the reasons I love so much the, the art of the sword, because it is in a completely silent experience. It's just a, a process of flow and perfection. And every little detail counts. Same with archery, same with shooting. All these martial skills have at their core the calming of the mind. You can do the same with Taekwondo. You can do the same with Aikido, both of which I've studied. See, all these things in the end get you focused on actions and calming of the mind, and they have built in them the need for that. Again, it's a fundamental to martial state of mind. I'm going to read John 8, starting at 12. Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will give the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, you are testifying about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, even if I testify about myself, my testimony is true for I know where I come from and where I'm going, but you do not know where you come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I am not judging anyone, but even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone in it, but I am and the Father who sent me. Even in your laws, it has been written that the testimony of two men is true. I am he who testifies about myself, and the Father who sent me testifies about me. So they are saying to him, Where is your Father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my Father. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. The intimate relationship is right there. And we mentioned that even last night, the discussion in, in Fisher's last night. The relationship to Christ and the relationship to Father, it's a difference between believing and knowing. And in this sense, I mean, we could dissect this, and I would imply, I think it's implied, essentially what Jesus is getting at is you don't have an intimate relationship with me. You don't have an intimate relationship with the Father. You have a belief system, but not an intimate relationship. So, again, how do we get, how do we get to that core? And so much of that is a need to allow the voice of God to be heard. And if we're always talking and we're always yakking and we're always running around putting something in, you know, reading some other news or getting something going and we don't have those quiet times, 
How can we hear God over all of that? Jesus is very clear that he and Father are present there by the laws of the time. His word is true because Father is speaking with him, saying what he's saying is true. But they don't have that relationship to be able to acknowledge it because in their idea, the gods are them. And that's fairly profound. So I'm going to read a, a, set, a couple last verses of another passage here. This is John 8 again. This is the accusers, the adulteress and the, the accusers. And this is when they say to him, this is the attempted trap. Teacher, this woman has been caught in adultery in the very act Now the laws of Moses command us to stone such woman. What then do you say? They were saying this, testing him so that they might have grounds for accusing him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground. But then they persisted as asking him. He straightened up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him be first to throw a stone at her. And I, I'm going to stop there a minute. This is just a massively disarming phrase. This is literally the sword of the spirit at its best. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the, on the ground. When they heard it, they began to go and one by one, beginning with the older ones. And he was left alone with the woman where she was in the center of the court. Straightening up, Jesus said to her, woman, Where are they? Did no one condemn you? And she said, no one, Lord. Now listen to these words. Listen. Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go from now on, sin no more. I'm going to leave this here tonight. I'm just going to encourage everybody to take that to prayer. But I think it's a profound statement because it upends what we're told constantly in the church, that we are forever sinners and we can never have such an existence. Why did Jesus say that? From now on, sin no more. Because if that statement there is true, if that is true, and it, I'm assuming it is, because if it's not true, then essentially Jesus is a liar, which we know is not true. Go and sin no more. It's a profound statement that again gives us a glimpse into the potential of what we are as royal blood and of the Father. As we talked about last night and we get into the passages which talk so much about our potential and they are there. There's, it's giving us the glimpse when Luke 10, 19 and John 14, 12, we see again now in John 8, and that line is John 8, 11, an insight into another way of living. Father doesn't tell us what we can't do. He offers us the potential of the greatness we can be. Jesus says us the same thing. We can step on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy. And 
John 14, 12, greater works than these he will do, meaning greater works than he did. Incredible. Which is profound. And in John 8, the idea, a statement said that to go and sin no more to the woman who was a sinner. Some things to think about. I'm telling you, we are greater than we know. Jesus gave us incredible Just open the access door for us if we will just embrace the gifts that are given. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today and just put ourselves before you, reflecting deeply on the words of Jesus. We are so indoctrinated with this idea that we are perpetual and forever sinners. And while we do sin because we are human, Father, just ask of all these amazing things that Christ has shared with us to help open our eyes to the potentials of what we are. All of this is centered on a simple principle that we accept Christ into our lives and we follow him. And we see that opportunity time and again And yet we somehow continue to doubt on what that means. We continue to tell ourselves that we can't. Forgive us, Father, for these are some of the most fundamental transgressions we can make. We are reminded in the parable of the poor rich, of the young rich man, that the potential to follow Jesus was centered on the ability to sell the things and give away the money, and to follow him. And we see in that own parable that the young man can't. But that's a choice. And here we live in a world surrounded by the negativity, surrounded by the can'ts, and we tell ourselves constantly that we can't. We tell ourselves that the only way to win a war is by violence, and we fail to understand that the power of of what Christ was giving us was a warrior's walk that was greater than anything in the world. So much of that centered on Mark 4, 4, 20, or Luke 4, 10, 19 and John 14, 12. And yet we tell ourselves that we can't. Help us overcome this, Father. Help us give an insight into the greatness that you put within our heart, the gifts and the talents that sit within us, and truly the true blessing of what Christ gave us on the cross. Guide us, lead us, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Things to think about, patriots, but I, I think that our biggest challenge in this world, since everything around us is negativity, is, has been the key to keeping us where we are. Our entire world is shaped towards telling us that we can't, that we're lesser, that you have to follow their rules, you have to get their degrees, their certificates, or you just can't play. And if you have any doubt about that, just check out the World Economic Forum's next steps because everything that they're doing right now is all geared towards telling you that if you don't do this, this, or this, you cannot participate in their world. They're being very blunt and blatant about it. Up to this point, we haven't really opened our eyes to how fantastic this matrix is that we're living in. And I don't mean that in a good way, but how massively developed it is. And the boundaries that have been put up around us that are literally prison walls that we've accepted and they're invisible. We have to make the decisions 
on the type of people we want to be. And I'm not even caring about what it is in this world. But we ultimately have to come to that realization that if we are not of this world, then don't act of this world. And that's it right there. We have, when we commit to the negativity, the limitations, the class structure, oh, I'm poor. Oh, they're poor. Oh, I'm of middle class. I'm whatever. We're, we're limiting ourselves to the potential. God did not raise us up to say, oh, by the way, how was it being down there on earth? Did you enjoy being poor? These are frameworks that are given to us. And if we're truly not going to be, if we're truly not of this world, and like I say, don't live of this world. They're not going to take away your guns. They're not going to take away your free speech unless you let them. They're not going to do any of this unless you let them. And since our only authority is God and our king is Jesus, then I'm going to say, guess what? Do not recognize thy power of thy mortal fools. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. I would just be seeking in prayer so much right now, just some clarity on these deeper things that are there. Christ said these things. And that would mean a lot if we accepted them as truth and trusted in them. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow night for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time. Thank you. Good night. God bless. And out for now. All this time we had to prove That we could stand here too All the nights been pushing through Fight for all we had to lose Reaching out for something To pull us up to level ground Oh, I can see it now I can see it now
sets down over the hill where the lost got found. Reaching through somehow. Oh, you're an island when the world is too loud. When the seasons change, I know the space between us will stay the same. Resting on this faith, when your soul answers calls far away. Thank、you.